on Baby Friday on the Fan Morning Show. A pretty big hour here. We need your help because we're going to go live nationwide across the airwaves in this fine country with the Calgary guys at 8.30 on the dot. George Russick and Matt Rose from the big show at Sports at 960. The fan of Calgary are going to accept us onto their airwaves and we're yeah. going to talk some flames, but we need you guys to... to Get them fired up. We for need us. chirps. You need to send chirps of the Flames and of Calgary to 960, 960. Mm-hmm. We can't have none because then it looks like we don't have a supportive audience. <laughs> and we do. And we have the most supportive audience. It's, it's a proven fact. I looked it up. Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records said, hey, you guys have the best text line there is. So send it in, 960, 960. I am not seeing anything in our text line from them yet. So maybe they're playing it. I think Gentle. they just got on the air. Oh, boy. Then we better we better get going here, Look folks. at us. We get to interrupt their first hour. That's right. So that's at 8.30. But before that, we have our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's Jackie Redman, host of NHL Now on NHL Network, NHL on TNT, ringside reporter, and WWE Network host. How's it going, Jackie? I'm wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. I do want to say that I am a member of your very supportive audience. So, Hell yeah. Um, we love that. Yeah, those are those are facts, <laughs> That's what it says. We love it. We, we'll put it in the in the category of uh, big fans is Jackie Redman, and we're a big fan of you. Um, how was your vacay? Because I saw it. To my list. Yes. Next time we next time we read your intro, we'll add big fan of the Fan Morning Show. Um, I know you're just on vacay. How you feeling? Must be nice. Get a little sun on your face, eh? You know what? My vacation was amazing. Um, it was short but very sweet. I did get the flu about 24 hours after I got back. Mm. So that was three days of. Of, of hell, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out the other side now, and uh, I'm back to work, and I just did the game in Philly last night between the Flyers and the Rangers, so uh, life is good. Well, I'm not, like, happy that you got sick, but I'm happy it didn't happen during the vacation. I don't know if you've ever been sick on oh. vacation, but it is the worst thing imaginable. You paid to be miserable in, like, a bathroom laying on the floor. Like, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> Well, a hard-earned vacation for you. I know you're grinding all over the place. Um, so glad to have you on our show this morning. Let's talk Dubis. Um, let's talk Leafs because it has been a trade deadline that feels like it's already happened um, day after day here, even though it is tomorrow, 3 p.m. Um, initial thoughts watching what's going on here in Toronto and Leafs land. Well, this is the real all or nothing, right? This is what it feels like. I mean, Kyle Dubas swinging for the fences. The Ryan O'Reilly deal actually happened as I was the day that I left for vacation. So I was like, oh, man, I'm going to miss all of the things, all of the discourse about what is happening. And little did I know, Kyle Dubas had a million other things that he was planning as well. So I didn't miss out on all of it. But I think it's a really exciting time to be a Leafs fan. I mean, not only is the team good, but you I think any time a front office is swinging for the fences and going out and making big trades and addressing numerous needs and really kind of um, establishing that they are, go, quote-unquote, going for it, I think that's going to excite any fan base. Whether so- or not all of this results in a second-round appearance and hopefully more is a whole other conversation. I think... You know, we and I like the moves that Kyle Dubas has made. I'll, I'll be clear on that. Um, but I think we've learned over and over again in this sport that 
amazing moves and a great trade deadline is one thing on paper. It's another thing entirely on the ice. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out, especially with every other big big hitter in the East making making substantial moves as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I hope you guys are ready. <sighs> Uh, we are ready. We were ready to celebrate, though, until <laughs> last night, mm. where it was kind of like a little bit of a reality check where these pieces might not necessarily fit together beautifully, at least right away. And maybe all the additions won't have this smashing success immediately, or at least not scoring three goals like Ryan O'Reilly did in Buffalo. But I, 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 my thing with this is like it's an attempt to change the DNA, the Leafs' DNA for uh, it, 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 excuse me, Dubas is trying to change the DNA a little bit. And I don't know if you can change DNA. And at least last night when like push came to shove, it was like, oh, that's the same Leafs team, but different guys wearing Leafs sweaters. I wonder like how much needs to be done or is it on the original, the OG Leafs, the Matthews, the Mitch, the Tavares, the Nylander, to make sure things are different because in the end, the new guys can only do so much and they're going to end up following the leader a little bit and the leader's still the core four here. So in terms of changing DNA, is that possible? And does it just come down to those guys anyway? I love that you're using the term DNA and I, I think it is possible. I don't know that it's possible overnight and I don't know that it's possible with 20 games left on the season and everything is riding on this postseason, right? Like the Leafs have to get out of the first round to Kyle Dubas. But we've seen him make, you know, the same bet essentially over and over and over again. And that bet is that that 4-4 is eventually going to find a way to break through. So I think even though Dubas has made new that, right? All right, let's reconnect with Looks Jackie. Looks like we lost her there. Yeah. She's out and about, strutting around. We reconnect. We will reconnect. It the seems like she's, she's a, she's she's a busy move, eh? she's, she's like you, never busy sitting body. around. She's always going from one like place if, to the other. If I'm doing a radio hit, I need like 30 minutes to sit on the couch and prepare myself to, oh boy, to do that's things. That's why you're not a quiet. wily vet like no, her. No, you guys can just like, yeah, I'll, I'll multitask. I'll I do these three things. I haven't done a radio things. hit in... in Months. Okay, but you do, lot, you do a lot me. of stuff. Ailish. Yeah. You do a lot of stuff. Jackie's all over Jackie the place. Jackie also does a lot of stuff. We'll get her back on in a minute. So, the DNA discussion. That's like the one thing last night with me. It was just like, okay, we've seen like these little pockets of success. Like, yeah, Lafferty looked great for a mm-hmm. little bit and we saw a little sign from McCabe. But then it was just like the same, the same story for a little bit. And that's one thing I think if you're a Leaf fan, it's you're like, okay, things are different but how much things can change. Jackie, you're back on with us. You want to finish your thought on the Leafs' DNA? I need new AirPods. Who knew? But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're super cheap, so that's not a problem. Um, so what I was saying is that, you know, I, and I don't know where I cut out, so I apologize in advance if this is going to be repetitive, but I love that you use, you use the terminology DNA because I think that, we have seen Kyle Dubas make the same bet over and over and over again during his tenure, right? And that is that eventually those core, core four players will find a way to break through and eventually go on a deep run in the playoffs that one day, hopefully for Kyle Dubas, will result in a Stanley Cup victory. We haven't seen that yet, and I don't know that the pieces surrounding them are ever going to be something that, that changes the the DNA or the the essence of who this team is overnight, it will always be about the core four. If this team doesn't get out of the first round, we're not going to spend 20 minutes in 
late April talking about, you know, how Sam Lafferty let us down and I, we just, it's all, it's all his fault, you know? So I think there's that, but I think I also wonder about, about the goaltending, you know, will, what, what will that look like in the postseason? And I love Samson off season. He's had a really nice year. He's bet on himself and, and I hope that he can be the goaltender that leads the Leafs to the promised land. But when you look at the Eastern Conference in terms of the goaltending matchups that the Leafs are going to be up against in the postseason, it's a bit of a daunting task. I mean, Samsonov's great, but he's not Andre Vasilevsky. Can he outduel Linus Allmark? Can he outduel Igor Shosturkin? Freddie Anderson has his own things to prove, but that's what I, that's what I think about when I think about seven-game series that are looming on the horizon for the Leafs in the first round, and then if they happen to get out of the first round what those matchups look like as well. So um, to answer your question, I don't know that you can change the DNA or the core of who this team is overnight. And hopefully the Leafs don't have to, because if that's the case, then I think they have bigger problems on their hands. Yeah, I like the way you said Sam Sam Lafferty's not going to let us down, but he could be the one that picks them up. And I feel like that's sort of an important sure. thing. The people that are going to let you down would be those already installed into this. They're going to have to lead the way and do 90% of it maybe. But maybe if you've added that 10%, that gets you over line. That Nick Paul goal maybe comes from Sam Lafferty. And I think that could be important in the ways in which Dubas helps this team here have some success. But he did do a lot here, so let's break it down a little bit in addition to the top six with O'Reilly or at least the third line maybe uh new look fourth line entirely three new defensemen I wonder in which ways do you think the Leafs have improved the most given that they've brought in six new guys with maybe the opportunity for more in what ways do you think the Leafs are better with their additions alone well I think the 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 obvious answer is that they're deeper right especially up front I think uh, they're completely different team they're so much stronger than they were and that gives Sheldon Keith more options right I think this season in particular and I'm sure you guys have talked about it at length on this show is that I, I think Sheldon Keith didn't have that many options in terms of his bottom six in particular and I think he has a few more options now he can play with the lineup in a way that is going to be a little bit more effective because he has a guy like Ryan O'Reilly that he can put in numerous different situations I think you can say the same on the back end, I mean, I've been I've been praying for Luke Shen to go back to Toronto all year, and and I was met with a lot of, oh well, he's what Luke Shen's going to put this team over the edge to win a Stanley Cup. Well, no, but I think that he is an option for Sheldon Keith deep on the back end as a six-seven option that provides something that the Leafs don't have a lot of back there, and that's physicality. So I think. You look at someone like John Cooper, right? And we all know they're going to face the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. One thing that Cooper has had in spades over the last handful of years is options in his lineup. It's not all about his star players. He knows what to do with them. Everyone knows what to do with their star players. It's what, what pieces can you move around the chessboard everywhere else in your lineup? And I think the Leafs have been lacking in that department for a number of different reasons. The salary cap, probably near the top of that list and a situation they put themselves in. But I think for me, when I look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's what I always think about. Like, not only do they have this insane, you know, four or five headed monster in terms of their superstars, but they have a lot of utility pieces around those players that alleviate some of the pressure that you were just referring to when you get into a seven game series that can contribute in other ways, or at the very least, 
And I thought the Coleman-Gord-Gaudreau line was spectacular at this, handing off good shifts. You know, can your third line and your fourth line just go out and, and kill 45 seconds to a minute and hand off a good shift to the next line? And I think the Leafs are in a better position to do that now than they were three weeks ago. We've got Jackie Redman on the line, host of NHL Now and NHL Network, NHL and TNT Inside Reporter, and of course, WWE Network host. Um, do you think there's another move coming, Jackie? We had Nick Kiprios on earlier in the show, and he seems to feel like there's a buzz around Jonathan Quick, who obviously was uh, shafted from his home in L.A. And, and doesn't seem too happy about that situation, understandably. Is the focus over the next 30 hours on adding something as a backup option in that if Matt Murray is Matt Murray? I'll tell you what, I was on the air um, when the Leafs were making their latest, you know, Tuesday, I guess. Uh, was mm-hmm. it Tuesday? No. What was day Tuesday. was it that there was? Yeah, it was Tuesday when we had all those things happening. <laughs> I can't even keep track anymore. <laughs> and I immediately thought to myself, are the Leafs going for Corpus Allo? Mm. Are they going to somehow swing Corpy and Gavrikov here? Like, I thought the Leafs might be the team that was going to do that. Um, little did I know, you know, the LA Kings had other plans. I don't know. And I would have been, I thought that would have been great for the Leafs, Corpus Allo and Gavrikov. But for Jonathan Quick, like, listen, all due respect, an absolutely legendary career for the LA Kings, all the respect in the world for him. I can understand why he would be upset for how things have ended for him as an LA King. But it, is Jonathan Quick really the answer for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Does that put them in a, in a better position between the pipes than they are now? I don't know. I mean, Jonathan Quick is not who he was eight years ago. So I'm not sure that you're better off with the Jonathan Quick as a backup option to to, to Samsonoff. Um, and it's, it's interesting to me that we're talking about the goaltending because I think coming into the year, we all kind of wondered, okay, Kyle Dubas, you know, is coming into this season without a contract for next year. And this, you know, he's taking a gamble. Like, I mean that in a very respectful way, but when you're, when you're going with Matt Murray, who is always injured and, and isn't, you know, who he was during his cup runs with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Samsonov, a goaltender that, you know, was somewhat highly touted by the Washington Capitals and then, you know, let, you know, kind of walk away, um, you have to kind of scratch your head at that just a little bit with everything riding on this season. And Samsonov has been a nice story. But again, I just don't know if it's going to be enough. If the Leafs can, if the Leafs core four can perform to the level that they're capable of over a seven-game series times four, um, then maybe maybe they can be like the Colorado Avalanche and only need serviceable goaltending. They better hope that that's the case because I don't know that they have a goaltender that can steal them a seven-game series. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope that I am. I hope I am. But, um, yeah, I just I don't think Jonathan Quick is is going to be the answer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's not necessarily an upgrade. Is it someone who could maybe help you in a pinch? Yes, Jonathan Quick has had, like, little pockets of that old Jonathan Quick, but extended uh, the person you're relying on, someone could outduel, as you mentioned, Vasilevsky or Olmark in a seven-game series. Uh, it seems like it's a bit of a risk, uh, but although, you know, the price might not, might not be that ha- uh, heavy, $5.8 million. True, that's true. He's a rental. Uh, they might have to double retain him. I guess that there would be a cost there, but maybe there's a way that he comes over cheaply just for insurance. Uh, and let's not, let's not sleep on the fact that, like, it sounds like he's pretty pissed. So, like, maybe, maybe that's, like, the push Jonathan Quick needs to be like, all right. 
screw everyone. I'm going to show. Yeah, I'm going to show everyone Patrick that Kane I can play. Ago. Like you never, you never know, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we've seen crazier things in this league. But uh, you know, if I was a gambling woman, I would say, okay, you could get them, and they've got some nice insurance piece to like have a goalie that's not hurt. <laughs> but like <laughs> outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, quick better probably with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, but maybe that's not quite enough. Uh, as Ailish mentioned, Patrick Kane, I mean, that's the big story today, uh, I, I expect. Uh, and you were rinkside for the Flyers and Rangers yesterday as they prepare to get Patrick Kane into the lineup uh, tonight. What's the buzz around the Rangers right now? How excited are they to be adding 88 in that jersey, by the way, with the 88 Kane is quite beautifully, beautifully uh, constructed um, what's the buzz around the Rangers and how does that contrast to what's going on in the Flyers room? Like probably two different atmospheres yesterday while you're preparing for that game. Let me tell you something. This Rangers team cannot contain their excitement. Like <laughs> we live in a time, right? Where like, it's a little bit like everyone's a little too cool, right? Like everybody, like no one wants to be, you know, too excited about anything. I feel like in 2023, everyone's chill. But this team is excited. I mean, talking to Mika Zibanejad yesterday um, at the optional skate, he reminded me of someone that was, you know, when someone is, is kind of trying to hold back their smile a little bit, like he couldn't help himself. Like he was just like pushing in the face. He was so excited um, that Patrick Kane was going to be a New York Ranger. And um, that kind of was the, the feeling that emanated from, Everywhere, even the head coach Gerard Gallant just kind of was very. He's always a very um, easy person to be around. He's always in good spirits. But there was a there was a lightness and an air around the team, and I think a confidence as well. And you talk to some of the people that cover the Rangers every single day, and they'll tell you, you know, before these moves, the Patrick Kane move and the Vladdy Tarasenko move. You know, they knew they were good, but they kind of were like, are we? Like, are we a contender? There was like that that little bit of like, uh, we think we're good. I mean, we had a good run last year. Like, are we good? And now it's like, oh, we're good. Like, the front office thinks we're good. And now we got Tarasenko. And now we're getting Patrick Kane. And they're excited. And they feel like they've earned these reinforcements. And um, so, yeah, there is absolutely a buzz. I think the garden is going to be an absolute jungle tonight, um, <laughs> as Chris Kreider would call it. Um, I'm going to go to the game. I, I got to experience what this atmosphere is going to be for them. Um, I think they're very excited. But Gerard Glant was also the first to say yesterday, listen, again, it's very exciting. It's great on paper. Of course, I'm going to play Kane with Panarin. I'm not an idiot. Uh, but it still has to translate on the ice. We still have to do other things in the game that will bring us success. And that's win puck battles and play smart defensively and, and play a a solid game. So um, it's going to be very exciting offensively for for the Rangers. No one's more excited than Artemi Panarin. Um, His post media, his post game media last night was hilarious. Um, You know, he was all, he was all, you know, great answers and great English. And then someone said, you know, did you talk to Patrick Kane, like, ahead of this and, and tell him you wanted him here? Did you talk to Drury and say, hey, we got to get Patrick Kane? And all of a sudden, he, he went from answering any question to, I don't think I speak English. <laughs> so um, he is very excited to have a couple of his, of his buddies uh, joining the team. And their chemistry is, uh, is undeniable. But he did joke that, you know, I guess Gerard Gallant was telling us when, when the Rangers turned the puck over, he kind of like hits his elbow on the glass behind him. 
And so when they got Kane, I guess Panarin said to him, hey, you might need to get some elbow pads. There might be a few more turnovers with me and Kane are playing together. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was a funny little anecdote. But, yes, uh, the team is the team is pumped, to say the very least. Do you think the Rangers are the team now to beat in the Metro? Because it's it's been pretty fun watching the Hurricanes and the Devils this, this little last while. But the Hurricanes have been a bit quiet here at this trade deadline. I hope that's not the way that they, they go out tomorrow as well. But Rangers now on the rise, are they the team to beat? Isn't it so Hurricanes, though, to be doing it this way? To just be quietly approaching the deadline? No hoopla, no real big you know, flair for the dramatics. That's that's the Carolina Hurricanes. That's who they are, right? Even in the way they play, they're dedicated to their structure. They go about their business. They don't garner a lot of of attention. They're not a big, um, for lack of a better way to put it, like personality. But I think that's who Carolina is. And I think that I would still say that they're, to me, the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. I think the Rangers are right there. They're very exciting. They have, obviously, a ton of superstar power in their lineup. You could argue maybe that the that the Carolina Hurricanes don't necessarily have that level of offensive talent. Um, but I, I would still put Carolina ahead of the New York Rangers just because of the way they play um, within their structure. We'll see if they can be a team that, you know, finally gets over the proverbial hump in the postseason and and is able to get past, um, you know, winning a couple of rounds. So, I don't know. We'll see. I would still I would still put Carolina a little bit ahead of the New York Rangers in terms of of, of power rankings in the East, uh, if, if you will. But they need Freddie Anderson to stay healthy. So um, that's the big thing for them. What sort of impact will Rangers Devils have on uh, the town you live in? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be insane. It's already, and I love it for the Devils because it's nice to have, you know, during my tenure of living in New Jersey and the New York area, both teams have not been good at the same time. And for the New York Rangers to be uh, considered a Stanley Cup contender and the New Jersey Devils to be garnering all this attention as a legit, solid playoff team that could give the Rangers a run for their money in the first, it's been awesome. I would say two months into the season, three months, even at Christmas time, like we do a segment on the Devils, and our mentions on Twitter are filled with Rangers fans just arguing with each other. And the same, the same is true in reverse as well. So I think it's gonna, it's gonna set the New York metro area on fire. Um, I hope Devils fans get out and represent because when I first moved here, I was very surprised at the lack of devil's representation just at sporting events, in the streets, like just in life in general. So like the devil's like in like one cups like more recently. Like I what where are the devil's fans at? Like I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um so I'm ex- I'm excited for them um to potentially go head to head in the first round. I think the unbelievable um, for hockey in the United States and for hockey fans, obviously in the area where I live, I'm, I, there's no way I can't go to go to some of those games um, living in the area. So I'm very excited. It's going to be, Twitter is going to be on fire during that series. Oh yeah. Um, tonight, especially with the Rangers hosting the Sens too, with the Jacob Chikrin trade last night as well. The Ottawa Senators starting to bulk up, which is a, a playoff push that they're making. Maybe not, maybe far-fetched, but hey, be tough. It, it would be tough. But uh, the level of intrigue that, 
you know, this Chikrin story has, you know, finally concluded after 15 months. Um, their return at Arizona <laughs> may be pushing the limit a bit too far in terms of waiting and waiting and waiting for the right deal. Yeah, I think we were all kind of surprised that in the end, after a thousand years of waiting for Jacob Chikrin to be traded, that that was the return. Um, I'm happy for the Ottawa Senators. I think it's a great addition to their lineup. Good for them. I, I, you know, a week ago, my husband actually, he's a big, like, root for the Canadian team guy, even though, like, they're not all Canadian <laughs> players. Like, my husband is that guy. And he's like, I think, I think Ottawa could be in this. And I was like, nah, forget it. But I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they could hang around in this wild card race in the East. I, I'm thinking anything is possible this year, just based on what we've seen. Uh, but it's a, it's a good acquisition for them. Jacob Chikrin, I love the, uh, the joke that J.D. Bunkus always makes, which is Jacob Chikrin's the best player I've never seen play hockey. Yep. <laughs> which I think is such a good joke for that player in particular. So I'm excited to see Jacob Chikrin in the lineup, hopefully on a regular basis for the Ottawa Senators. He can stay healthy. And, and let's see. Let's see. I mean, that's a great player to help them make some noise here. Um, down the stretch, is he is he going to be in the lineup for the Senators? Have we has that been confirmed not conf- yet? Not confirmed yet. Right? Not confirmed, but I just saw okay. him on some of the betting lines in in the lineup. So I mean, there's at least a, a chance because Vegas knows they want to take your money. So could be <laughs> Vegas always knows. <laughs> Well, lots to look forward to uh, tonight and down the next couple of days here, Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Um, enjoy tonight. Can't wait to to watch here. Hey, as I say goodbye, you brought up you brought up betting lines. I may or may not have put sprinkled a little money on Eric Carlson to win the Norris back in November. At, I think it was plus a thousand. Nice. You guys think I'm in sitting in a good spot right now? I hope you are. I got plus fourteen hundred, oh, so I'm okay. I'm pretty excited about oh, that too. Oh, you did not get plus Justin is the king I of future <laughs> bets. All he does is bet things. In it's the, the only future. thing I do well when it comes to betting, so I gotta like trumpet that. <laughs> Well, hey, you and I are in the same boat. We'll be rooting for uh, EK65 here the rest of the way. There you go. All right, Jackie. Hope you cash in big and enjoy tonight's festivities <laughs> at MSG. See you guys. Always a pleasure. That's Jackie Redmond, host of NHL Now on NHL Network and TNT ringside reporter and WWE Network host, fan of the Fan Morning Show and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom, visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Talking about betting, we're going to do the wake and rake after we talk to the guys from Sportsnet 960, the fan in Calgary. But tonight, major major revenge games. Kadri, Geo. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kane making his debut at MSG on home ice hat trick watch. That's right. already been bet. A little, uh, little goal props, you know. Linus Olmark hosting the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. There's lots of good stuff to look at tonight. So send that in at 590-590 if you want to play. Uh, Ottawa's interesting, right? You mentioned, yeah, it's uphill sledding. It's uphill sledding for sure. I think they are now five points back. From the second wild card position, but with three teams, they'd have to four teams they'd have to leapfrog to get in. So it's not like out of the question if they get hot. I guess they, you know, control their own destiny. But I guess the beauty of that, the Jacob Chicken move, is it gets a little bit better for you as you win this year. Mm-hmm. If if anything else, it's like, okay, play your way out of a good lottery position or good play your way out of a good draft position. But it's all about the next couple of years with Chikrin under a reasonable salary, moving forward to Brinkett, you got to sign. But 
uh, at least you can, you know, you have that asset. It's not an unrestricted free agent. They got a lot of good stuff cooking there, and they just have to make sure that they solidify that defense so they have a chance. It's kind of like an Edmonton situation <laughs> where the defense and the goaltending just keeps on letting you down, and it's just not a great position to be in when you're trying to build and you're trying to keep young guys happy, motivated, and playing meaningful games down the stretch. And if anything, Ottawa should get that. Uh, great text in here from Duke from the Hammer. Sends to make the playoffs plus 925, just five bucks. That's... That's decent. You know who's probably betting that? Stewie. Stewie loves the Ottawa Senators. He's Does always he? on the Sens. I know you're it's listening, It's that brotherly Stewie. thing. He's got his brother, and, and the listening. Senators are the little brother, I guess, in some ways, to the Maple Leafs. All right, lots of tee up tonight in the Wake and Rake. You obviously have your Maple Leafs on the road against the Flames at 9 p.m., Raps and Wizards at 7 p.m. as well. But we're going to go live on the other side of the break in Calgary with the big show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan with Get George Rusick and Matt Rose. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, good morning. Broadcasting to you live from the beautiful, pristine city of downtown Toronto. It's the Fan Morning Show with Justin and Ailish, that's right. We've We're, taken over the airwaves. We are here to announce a trade. Kidding, <laughs> Calgary doesn't make trades. Oh, bum, bum, bum. All right, folks, big matchup tonight. Maple Leafs looking to bounce back after a tough one against the Oilers. We're aware. We're there, though. We're at the Saddle Dome. We're here. It's 9 p.m. Leafs. 9 p.m. Flames oh, here. And we want to bring in the guys that you usually listen to, George Russick and Matt Rose from your big show in Sportsnet 960, The Fan of Calgary. Guys, good morning. How are you? Hello. Hello, friends. How are you? <laughs> good morning. It's good to hear your voices. Glad we could finally do this. <laughs> yeah. Last time, uh, things were working, and then some technical snafu uh, threw a giant wrench into the plans. We but thought I you think... were just scared. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So, like, so terrified. <laughs> Shaking in my boots. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. Terrified. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully this goes without a hitch. We think it will because as of right now, fingers crossed, things sound pretty good. No one's screaming in our ears, yeah, so I think so, we're okay. Good. <laughs> okay, that's good. So what's, what's um, the deal going on there in Calgary? Like, deal, what, what's, what's the deal? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, what, what? What, what, what do you want to know? You want to talk about uh, league low save percentage? Is that what you want to talk about? I just want to know if Tree's getting involved at this deadline. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about it uh, before we jumped on with you guys. Uh, the Flames now the only team in the regular season who have yet to make one trade. Mm-hmm. Not even like two American Hockey Leaguers mm-hmm. for each other. The only team that has yet to make a deal, which, which is fine because we don't really know if they should make a deal based on how the season has gone down so far for the Flames. But if you just watch the team, like shots for and shots against, the Flames are top three in the NHL in both categories. They just can't get saves mm. at the right time. And Jacob Marstrom's led in the first shot of the game seven times this season, which is tied with Sergei Bobrovsky for the most in the NHL. And last time I checked, Bobrovsky not having the best season with the Florida Panthers. But at the same time, if I watched that game last night between the Leafs and the Oilers, like I did... Um, saves were an issue last night for Toronto. <laughs> Boy, are they ever. Yeah. Saves a big issue. Uh, he was, yeah, it was Samsonov pumpkin night. Uh, and he's had, <laughs> he hasn't had many of those pumpkin nights. Like he's been really, really good. But like, despite adding six mm. guys and a feverish trade movement from Kyle Dubas, guys yep. walking off practice ice, people being, you know, arm in arm walking out, the Swedes being a little upset. 
Uh, it's <laughs> the question still remains. Should the Toronto Maple Leafs add a goaltender? I, we should ask you guys. I mean, you've had a little bit of a detached view, but you know what's going on here. Like, how do you grade what Dubas has done? And does it have to continue because Samsonov and Murray can't be trusted? I really like what they've been able to do. I think they've tinkered around the bottom of their lineup, the the bottom of their defensive group. And I think they've gone out and added a whole bunch of things that it's going to be important for them to add as they get closer to the playoffs. Just things that when you look at a matchup against the Tampa Bay lightning, getting some guys that can play a little bit of a rough and tumble type of game. I think that's something that's going to work for the Toronto Maple Leafs as much as I, I don't love to you know, applaud a whole bunch of moves made out East Ryan O'Reilly. I absolutely love what that addition has done for everything down the middle. And in their top six, I think that the Leafs have done a pretty solid job here of, you know, bolstering their forces to get ready to battle Tampa Bay. Clearly not enough last night, as you mentioned. Thanks for bringing that up, Lisa. A tough one in Edmonton, but it's been the Connor McDavid show this whole season. And of course, five straight games in a row with multi-goal performances. Historic, really. And we're not in your market, um, thankfully. So we don't have to cover Why it. Why thankfully? Wow. <laughs> Eilish, we were getting along Eilish. there. Like, we that was really along, nice for But a you know what? You Eilish, just, we have to don't fire let up. me unleash that. I can unleash the hounds of the, of the 960 Texas It's actually brigade. been really tame. We're, we're really just enjoying the brotherhood that we have here. But okay. anyway. Okay. So McDavid, he's in your market. Are you guys having more shine and more praise for the like the historic season that he's having? Are That's, you allowed to? Are, are you allowed, allowed to? to? Or do you just no, you hate you, it? Okay, great. You can't do it. Like, obviously see the guys he's freak um he's the best player in the world and you just watch him and you're like wow but the the only the only solace you take if you're a flames fan is you look at the rest of the roster and especially that game against the bruins was maybe a shining example of outside of that mcdavid and dry side of line they had nothing against boston like their bottom six really showed especially up front showed that they have a lack of depth and that's going to be an achilles heel in the stanley cup playoffs we like the Ekholm deal, unfortunately, for the mm-hmm. Oilers. That looks like a solid move. But they have gigantic question marks in that as well. Like, you, you look at their team. Like, we, we know what Jack Campbell's about. God bless Jack Campbell and how super nice he is. Can you really trust him in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't know. You want to throw Stuart Skinner in net into a playoff series? I'm not too sure about that. It's funny how, like, the three teams we're talking about right now. Like, Jacob Markstrom's the best goalie. And out of the Leafs, uh, the Oilers, and the Flames, Jacob Markstrom is the best goalie out of all of those, and he's having just an awful season. And if I'm a Leaf fan this morning, like that's the one thing I'm super worried about because you're going to play the Lightning in the first round, and there's two things that the Lightning have an, an enormous advantage over the Leafs. Number one is in net, and there's no question about that. Number two is behind the bench, and I like Sheldon Keefe. He's a good guy, but John Cooper's arguably the best coach in the NHL. And again, roster is still flawed. You don't have a number one defenseman in Toronto either. You got a lot of depth, which they do in Calgary here, which is great. But you look at every Stanley Cup champion the last 25 years outside of that 04 Hurricanes team, Mm -hmm. you need that number one blue liner because Hedman and Sergachev are better than anything the Leafs have on the blue line. How many times have you guys seen Jonathan Quick this year? Um, A few times. Have we seen him? Yeah, I, I I watched the game against the Rangers too. So we mm. it, it, is that is that something you actually think well, would be? A, a uh, we, we, uh, we were not so <laughs> sure, but we had Kipper on this morning, and he was like, he's going to Vegas or Toronto. At least that's his belief. Oh uh, and Ooh. it's like, yeah, you know, Jonathan Quick can have moments, and maybe the chip on the shoulder, the angry Jonathan Quick. Maybe there's something there. But we mm. we looked at it as like that's just like if things are going completely awry. Ilya Samsonov doesn't have it. Matt Murray's not available. Maybe you got that guy double retained, but it just, yeah, it, it feels like 
if the Leafs have anything, and they've left themselves uh, the ability to do something here over the next, what, 32 hours or so, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it might have to be a depth goalie. But if you have to go down to your depth goalie against Tampa, like, aren't you pooched anyway? I think so, 100%. Like, I vehemently am against trading goaltenders in season just because I think that stylistically and trying to move to a new group of players, it's the hardest thing to do, especially because if you get traded to a contender, you're automatically... Put it be, being laid so much more responsibility is on your shoulders by this new fan base, especially if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I just wonder how quick is feeling after everything that went down with LA. Like it's not undocumented that he really was unhappy with this surprise deal being sent to Columbus and, his, and, and, he, and he was on the flight home, which wasn't awkward at oh, all. I'm sure that was <laughs> fine, but I'm like, to go from that to Columbus, I just wonder about the roller coaster of emotions and what type of Jonathan Quick you're going to be getting. Like, this is a guy who's 37, who, you know, watching the Flames for years, very aware of Jonathan Quick's peak, Jonathan Quick years. But at the same time, it, it really does feel like um, kind of a last ditch effort. Anytime you're trying to go grab a goaltender and someone like Jonathan Quick, who, uh, as much as he's got a pedigree that's probably going to land him in the Hall of Fame, this year has not been very good. All right, let's talk Flames. Uh, you guys are middle of the Pacific Division. There's been some drama, to say the least, least with uh, you know Alan Walsh's tweet about the definition of insanity, doing the same mm. thing over and over again. You know, you had Daryl uh, Sutter saying that he didn't know who uh, Jacob Pelletier was. What's the temperature there with the players and the fan base? Like, is it is it chilled out a bit more, or is there just a, a hunger for activity, for emotion? Like, what's the vibe? You know, I, I think a lot of the fan base, Ailish, uh, they're they're torn because they see their performance against the Bruins. They outshot them fifty-seven to twenty. Mm-hmm. Like the Bru, even the Bruins said they they were completely dominated in that game. And that's the frustrating part here in Calgary is that you see when this team is clicking, they're they're built on their depth. They can roll four lines at you continuously and come at you in waves. And we saw that in that game against the Bruins on Tuesday night. And it's just because they they haven't even had average goaltending this season. And you're like, does this group deserve to go out there and maybe give up some assets to improve this team when all you need is some saves really. And I think that's what they're asking for. Daryl Sutter said it yesterday. It's going to be Markstrom's net. Forget this Dan Vladar winning you're in nonsense. (laughs) He has to be that guy who they're paying all that money to for them to get into the Stanley cup playoffs. And again, as unlike the East, which seems like a total murderer's row of teams Outside of the avalanche here, and if the Flames can get into the playoffs and avoid the avalanche, who knows how far they can mm-hmm. go because no team really scares you because they're all flawed. If I know the Flames have never won in Las Vegas since the Golden Knights have come into the NHL, but if they play them with their questionable goaltending, Flames have a better than puncher's chance. We'd love to see another battle of Alberta. Who knows oh, yeah. what that would look like? If, if you play somebody else in this division or you play uh, the Golden Knights, you got to like Calgary's chances. It's not like you're staring at a first-round matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. If the Flames can get into the playoffs and avoid the avalanche in round one, they got a chance to, to make some noise in this just putrid Western conference. And the one thing I'd say on the fan base temperature, like they, they wanted to see more Dan Vladar. They got to see more Dan Vladar, but it didn't necessarily work out. They wanted to see more Jacob Pelche. They maybe didn't get to see it as early as they wanted, but eventually they got there and Pelche has finally been producing for the fan base, but it's definitely split. Like it, 
it, this isn't a team that has a lot of UFAs that you could sell for this season. But when you look towards next year and guys that have one year remaining, there's a lot of players that I'm sure other teams are calling about and the flames are going to have some tough decisions to make, but you play like you did against the Bruins and those decisions get that much harder to make trading out good players for younger assets, especially when like George said, 47 shots against the Bruins. You just win enough to shots. 57 shots, 17 more than they had ever allowed this season. You just get in and, and you never really know. Jacob Markstrom re- looked really good in that last 45 minutes of that game as well. Um, first action that he's seen since the birth of his first child. So that was kind of a cool little wrinkle. So I guess the old adage applies, right? Show me a good goaltender, show you a good coach. Daryl Sutter wins Jack, Jack Adams last year. And now, you know, his abilities being questioned this year with, you know, the Alan Walsh stuff and everything else going on. Like, is there a, like, can this, can, can they achieve harmony here? Is this, can they coexist? Is this going to all work with Daryl Sutter? Or is that like immediate impact in him being able to, you know, I don't want to call it dead cat bounce, but come in, fix things. But that being only temporary, like, can they get more out of Daryl Sutter here? Are we going from Jack Adams to back to the ranch yeah. this summer? Well, I, I, I kind of laugh when people question Daryl Sutter. It's like, who's the alternative? Now that Barry Trotz is going to be the GM of the Predators, you could have sold me on Barry Trotz to maybe be an upgrade on Daryl Sutter. But just look at his resume. You, you're not going to go out there and hire Joel Quenville. Uh, no, he's toxic. You're definitely not going to go out there and hire Mike Babcock. He's toxic. Who Who's a better alternative? Than Daryl Sutter. Yeah, the fan base doesn't like him, but honestly, everything the fans were crying about this entire season, he's done. He's played Peltier higher up in the lineup. He's been a very good addition to that line with Kadri and Huberto. Uh, give some more guys time on the fourth line. He has done that with Walker Dewar. He gave Ladar a chance to take over the number one spot in net. He hasn't. It's just when you have save percentage, that's literally 28th in the NHL and the worst since the All-Star break. You just need a couple saves here. And the amount of loser points they've lost in overtime and shootouts are maddening. There's a reason why this team has played 35 one-goal, 36 now one-goal games, 22 one-goal losses. Yeah, you need that extra shot, but you've also had some just back-breaking soft goals that go in on this team. That's This team should be in the playoffs right now. There's no question. You just look at, and again, I keep harping back on shots for shots against every team that's in that kind of spot of the most for and most against are like Stanley cup champions, this team. And you'll see it tonight against the Leafs. They can come at you in waves. You just got to get some saves and Markstrom has to wake up and turn back into Markstrom. I got to ask you guys, by the way, it's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan <laughs> along with the fan uh, morning show with Alish and Justin Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, Joe Wall is playing a net tonight for the Leafs. What should Flames fans expect? It hasn't exactly been <laughs> like there's a lot of hype. Well, of course, there's a lot of hype. Yeah, Goaltender in Toronto, AHL All-Star. Yeah, the people were getting real excited about Joe Wall earlier on this season. He's had a few appearances, played a few games. N- hasn't necessarily gone beautifully well for him. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't be like worried about Joe Wall tonight per se. Uh, one thing that you should, like if I was doing a scouting report, he's having trouble like, covering and smothering pucks. So crashing the net, like Nazem Kadri, if you want to get mm. the nose dirty, he might be able to bang one in because Joe Wall, for some reason, can't track the puck when it's immediately in front of him. I think that's one thing he's probably going to have to work on. But it seems like, a, you know, someone that's coming along a little bit, but not necessarily a finished product. But there's a little hype this year, more so than before, I guess, with Joe Wall. What's the hype on losing Rasmus Sandin? Like, how's the fan base taking that? Split. You know, I think that he's a guy that was highly touted and maybe didn't 
come out to the expectations that he had, but still young enough that I think there's some people that had a lot of hope. And I think he just was already getting pushed out of the lineup at this point, right? He, we were circling him over the last week about maybe being a press box guy, being a seventh D when the playoffs did start. And now you've added a, a, a quite a few names back there that we're still trying to figure out actually the fit for some of these guys. We're going to see some new faces in the next couple of days, at least maybe even tonight. So I would say a little bit split, honestly, with what, what the Rasmus Sandin reaction was. Pierre Engvall was an easy one. I think people were happy to see him go in a sense. But Rasmus Sandin had a soft spot in, I think, a few people's hearts here. You, you guys might have more, actually, information than we do on Eric Gustafson. Just mm-hmm. seven games as a Calgary Flame. But we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out where he kind of fits in here because right. the the whole Rasmus Sandin thing is okay you didn't trust him in a sheltered role if there are anything you know any anything that would resemble a sheltered role against either Tampa or Boston but you couldn't you, you decided you didn't want to hide him in the lineup anymore but Eric Gustafson requires hiding mm-hmm. so we don't know exactly how he's going to fit in yeah he can run a power play and score a lot of points but can you trust him as one of the six defensemen you're dressing when it's five on five against Tampa and Boston? Uh, I don't necessarily see it. So we're trying to figure out where all these pieces fit. And I guess with Sandine, it was simple. Like you just couldn't trust him. But we're wondering, can you even trust Eric Gustafson, the guy who's coming in? Yeah, he, he was he was on the Habs blue line during their magical run to the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy they threw on the power play to, to give it a little more juice, to give that offensive uh, flair. But he's a liability in his own end. Yeah, you can't trust him to be a guy that you can play against the Tampa Bay Lightning and give regular minutes to. You just can't. You want to throw him on the power play? Sure. You want to throw him out there and and get like seven to ten minutes a night? You can't do it. Uh, you just absolutely can't do it. He's a liability in his own end. He's like a poor man's Eric Carlson. I was going to say like that exact very, same like, thing. No, but very poor man. Like from from Wish. Yeah, he's like the homeless <laughs> Eric Carlson. That's essentially what it is. Because he's great offensively, but you can't trust him in his own end. Yeah, 100%. Like, frankly, after watching him in a little playoff run here with the Flames, I keep being surprised when he gets a new contract on free agency. Great. We're like, pumped. Oh. <laughs> Good to have him. But hey, so, you go eleven and seven up front, like like I was telling yeah. George know, the other day. We're talking eleven seven today. Now. And then all of a sudden, you're loading up on ice time for Marner and Matthews and all these stars. I don't hate that. I, I've long been a big proponent of eleven seven, but no one wants to do it. No team it's wants what, to do eleven seven. Like why aren't the Oilers doing eleven seven? Oilers do it. Give, yeah, they do it sometimes, but it seems like that a necessity. But also, you have Connor McDavid, and five more minutes of Connor McDavid would probably be a good thing. So I, I feel like it could work for the Leafs, but they just added like a bunch of forwards. And are you going to sit Sam Lafferty after just investing a second round pick in him? Probably not. Okay, guys, I got one last thing for you here before we go. Right. Uh, we usually do a wake and rake parlay, so a three leg parlay. Justin and I pick one, and then we pick one from. And we should say, the apologize to the listeners who did send in picks today. We can't necessarily do them. the wake and rake today because of the national broadcasting situation we have set up, <laughs> and we can't do that clean break, <laughs> yes. but that's okay. We'll get to all, all of them good. tomorrow. But Ailish does have a parlay to so introduce. We're, we're thinking of a, a fan slash big show parlay this evening for the big matchup, Leafs and Flames. What, what do you think about over? In the goal sounds like could be a thing with Joe Wall and Co. and Net, um, a yarn croak goal, a cadre goal, a geo point. Like we want to get the the, the X's involved mm. in tonight. Mm. Definitely a cadre goal. Alish is a added. revenge specialist. I love so the revenge she generally, games. She generally it hits always these. happens though. Even last night, like it, yeah, it happens. A, a yarn croak does not score at the Saddle Dome often. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, um, so I maybe avoid that. We could do a geo point and a cadre goal and the over. Is there I something like you like that. better? I, I I like the over too. 
especially yeah. if the Leafs get a shot on goal to begin, at the beginning of the game. Chances are it might go in. Can you bet on that? First, first shot, shot goes first shot, in. First goal. I don't like I like you can bet like a 10 minute first line yeah, yeah. usually first, but period, first period lines and but right. these are two of the highest scoring first period teams going to be squaring off against one another today maybe first, first period, period over. over okay I like that too first period over game over maybe a cadre goal because it makes more sense revenge the other way at least I think Torontonians deal with that more with the X's burning them so maybe that mm-hmm. maybe we just work uh you know we work on those things okay maybe we'll, we'll parlay that we'll, up we'll, well no money line because this is a joint venture yeah so uh, we, we like we're that. both cheering for goals. We can both cheer for a little Kadri. You know, we love him. Hope you're taking care of him there. And yeah, we'll put together be. a fan <laughs> big show parlay for you guys. Sounds good. All right. Um, well, thanks I for guess this. we got to go, eh? You got a yeah, whole day well, ahead of you. You guys got to go. You guys are done. <laughs> we're done. Uh, our, cl- our clock's a lot looser than your clock <laughs> in Calgary here. Nap time awaits. Yeah, Nap time awaits for you guys. Well, and thanks, guys. And again, thanks. Thanks for having us on. And uh, we're not really apologizing for the uh, just dozens of texts you guys got from Calgary. I'm Did not going to remember. from us? We, we got a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It, was, it was a tiny bit, but I'm not going to release the hounds. No, of I appreciate it. And, and we didn't either. We didn't either. Okay. We're, we're all, all right. for love this time around. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks, Enjoy. Goldie Skull. Thanks.